morning. If you would, open your Bibles to Matthew 24, and we'll be looking at verses 15 through 22. Now, last week, we began looking at the things that will happen before the return of Jesus Christ. Last week, we looked at how Jesus had said that iniquity would increase in the world, and how the hearts of people would grow cold, and all these things are doing is preparing for the coming of the Antichrist. But Jesus also mentioned how before he returns, that the gospel would spread throughout the world, and he said it would be for a witness. Now, it is a witness to the love of God, and what God has done to to save us from our sins. But when we look at all of these things, what we see is is that the return of Christ is near. Now today what we're going to look at is something that happens after the rapture of the church. Something that harkens in the tribulation and then the great tribulation. And the next thing that we're going to look at is what Jesus calls the abomination of desolation. Look at Matthew 24, 15 through 22. It's written, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet set in the holy place, let him that readeth consider it, Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to fetch anything out of his house. And he that is in the field, let him not return back to fetch his clothes. And woe shall be to them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight not be in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not from the beginning of the world to this time, nor shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us today, Lord, as we worship. Just give us an insight and understanding into your word. And Lord, I just pray that... If there is any today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, if there is any that needs to make any decision that you would speak to their hearts today. And Lord, I also just pray for those that are sick and shut in, those that cannot make it today, those that may be traveling, Lord, we just lift them up to you and just ask your blessings upon them. And Lord, I just pray that, again, you would be with us today as we worship, that you would give me the words to say and hide me behind the cross, Lord, and let the focus just be on you and and on Jesus Christ. And Lord, I just pray that you would just continue to overshadow us with your love and watch care and just bind down Satan and have no part of this service. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, in these verses, Jesus starts to talk about something that takes place after the coming of the Antichrist. Now, Jesus calls it the abomination of desolation. And then look at how he describes this. 
abomination. He says that when the Jews see the abomination standing in the holy place or the holy of holies in the temple, that when they see this event take place, they are to flee to the mountains. They are to leave everything, leaving their house, leaving their possessions, leaving their clothes. They are just to get out of Judea and flee to the mountains. And then he declares, if you look at verse 19, he declares a woe. He says, a woe to those that, that are nursing children and a woe to those that are pregnant or going to have a, a child. Now, why would he declare a woe on, on them? Because it would be hard for them to flee. Jesus is saying they need to get out of Israel right then. As soon as they see what he calls the abomination of desolation, as soon as they see what Daniel the prophet was talking about there, to flee as fast as they can out of Israel. And he says there is a woe on those that cannot get out of there fast. And then he says that they should also pray that their flight not be in the winter or on the Sabbath day. It shouldn't be, they should pray that it not in the winter because it would be hard for them to flee into the mountains during the winter and also on the Sabbath day because they have to follow the law. And the law prescribes only a certain amount of distance can be traveled. But what we see in Jesus describing this is that the abomination of desolation is so heinous and so blasphemous that the Jews are going to have to flee their homeland. They're going to have to just leave as fast as they can. But what is this abomination of desolation? Now the first thing that we see is that Jesus says that it is set in the holy place. This is the holy of holies in the temple. But there's a problem. Today, there is no temple. The temple has been destroyed. So what we see is that this is a future event. It is a future event that is yet to happen because it takes place in a rebuilt temple. The temple has to be rebuilt for this to take place. Now, just to give you a little bit more insight, the Jews are ready to rebuild their temple. They have been recreating all the implements of worship for the temple, all the tools of worship for the temple, and they have also carved out the cornerstone for the temple. They're just waiting on the day that they can place the cornerstone and start rebuilding the temple. But right now, the Israeli government is not allowing it to take place. Why? Because they would have to remove the dome of the rock from its place. But the Jews are ready to rebuild the temple. So we see that if this is a future event that is to take place. And then Jesus says it was spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Daniel talks about this abomination of desolation. Turn to Daniel chapter 9 and look at verse 27. 
Now, it's talking about the Antichrist here. And we see this from verse 26 because in verse 26, he starts to talk about how the Messiah is cut off and put to death. And then he says, and the people of the prince that shall come that destroys the temple and Jerusalem. Well, we know that the people that came were the Romans. The prince is the Antichrist. Because what he does takes place in the temple. Well, the temple is destroyed by the Romans. Look at what he says. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of the abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation determined shall be poured upon the desolate. So what is Daniel saying here? He's saying that when the Antichrist comes, and again, he calls him the prince that shall come, and the people of the prince were the Romans, because we know from the history of the Roman Empire, the Romans were very evil. There was a spirit of Antichrist in the Roman Empire. They were very evil. And they destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. Antichrist is the prince of these people. He will make a covenant with Israel that lasts for one week. And if you look at what Daniel talks about, how the days equal years and and all of these things in these verses, we see that that is seven years. It covers the seven-year tribulation. But sometime during this, the temple is rebuilt. And then in the midst of this week, three and a half years into the tribulation, the Antichrist goes into the temple and he causes the sacrifice and the oblations to cease. Because once the Jews rebuild their temple, they start sacrificing again. And Antichrist goes in there and stops the sacrifices and the oblations to God. But then he does something that Daniel states is the overspreading of the abominations, and he shall make it desolate. He does something so heinous and so blasphemous that it's an abomination and it desecrates the temple. And what is it that he does? What does he do? I believe Paul talks about this in 2 Thessalonians 2.4 when he describes the Antichrist. He says that the Antichrist will go into the temple and declare himself to be God and demand worship. I believe that's the abomination of desolation. In 2 Thessalonians 2.4 and Paul is talking about the man of sin, the son of perdition. He's talking about the Antichrist here. He says, which is an adversary and exalteth himself against all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he doth sit as God in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. I believe that's the abomination of desolation that Jesus is talking about. The Antichrist, after making this covenant with Israel, Three and a half years into this covenant that he makes with Israel, he goes into the rebuilt temple and declares himself to be God and demands worship. 
But Christ tells the Jews that when they see this take place, when they see the Antichrist do this, they are to flee out of Israel. And they are to flee so fast that they are not even to take their possessions or their clothes with them. They are to flee and leave in a haste. Why? Because something terrible takes place after that. And look at what Jesus says in Matthew 24, 21 through 22. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not from the beginning of the world to this time, nor shall be, and except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake those days shall be shortened. Now I want you to think about something. In the book of Revelation, it describes this seven-year period of tribulation and great tribulation. But Jesus tells us that in the last three and a half years of that time period, that time of great tribulation, after the Antichrist does this abomination of desolation, it ushers in this great tribulation. He says it is so bad that the world has never seen it before. Nor will they ever see it again. He says it is so bad. Think about it. It's worse than the flood of Noah. And the flood of Noah wiped out the earth. And Jesus is saying, this is worse. Why? Why would it be worse? In the book of Revelation, John gives us counts of what happens. And we see how he he pretty much gives an accounting of everything that takes place during the tribulation. And if you look at what he says about the wrath of God that gets poured out during the first half of the tribulation... By the midpoint, half of the world's population is dead. Now this is half of the world's population that is left after the rapture of the church. They're dead. And they die from war that is ushered in by the Antichrist. They die from disease. They die from famine. And they die from the wrath of God that's being poured out. But then when Antichrist goes into the temple and does the abomination of desolation, that ushers in a period called the Great Tribulation that Jesus talks about. And if you look at what John says about the period of Great Tribulation, half of the world's population that remains dies. Think about that. And Jesus says that those days are shortened. Because if those days were not shortened by God, humanity would go extinct.
So the first three and a half years, you have half of the earth's population die. And then the last three and a half years, you have half of who is left die. And how do they die? Because the wrath of God is poured out in, in a greater way during that last half because the majority of the people on the earth are worshiping Satan. They take his mark. But God shortens those days to keep people from going extinct. And Jesus says it's for the elect's sake. Now who is the elect during that time? It's those that never take the mark of the beast. And it's those that will move into the millennial reign of Christ after the tribulation ends. But what we see is that what Jesus calls the abomination of desolation, it ushers in that time of great tribulation, just as when Antichrist makes the covenant with Israel, it starts the tribulation as a whole, the seven years. But what we see is after the rapture of the church, you have this coming of the Antichrist. And when he goes into the rebuilt temple and declares himself to be God, it ushers in a time that the world has never seen before. So bad that it's even, Jesus says it's, you know, it could be considered worse than the flood of Noah. It was not seen from the beginning of the world to this time. so great that half the remaining population dies. But thankfully, Christians do not have to witness that. Those who are truly saved will miss the tribulation. We're kept from that hour. We see this in Revelation 3.10 where Jesus says that he keeps the church from that hour because of our faithfulness, those who are faithful to him. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 through 54, we see the rapture of the church described where Christ comes back for the church. So Christ returns from the church before any of this takes place. We're kept from that hour. Yet, we know what is coming. We know what is coming. Christ tells us what is coming. The scripture affirms what is coming. So why aren't we telling others about it? We know that the only way anyone can escape hell, but also we know the only way that anyone can escape the tribulation to come is through Jesus Christ. Christ is the only way to escape this. Why aren't we telling others about it? I'll tell you why we're not telling others about it. Because people would call us crazy. 
That's exactly why. Yet, I would rather be called a kook and crazy and tell people the truth than know the truth and not tell anyone. Christ tells us about this thing. And he says that it's going to be so bad that the world has never seen it before. Nor will the world see it again. And we need to be telling others about it. We need to be telling others about the wrath to come. We need to be telling others about the Antichrist and what he ushers in. And we need to be doing it before it's too late. Because we see the signs are there. We need to be telling others about what is to come and how they need salvation through Jesus Christ. Because he's the only hope that they have. He's the only hope that the world has. So my question to you is, is have you been telling others about Jesus Christ? Have you been telling others about what is to come? And have you told others that Christ is the only hope that they have? Because we need to be telling others about it before it is too late. Let's stand for prayer.